And it's Tim Pichot, the Libertarian Advisor. Just first want to give uh, a little provide, uh, giving any investment recommendations in case anybody from FINRA or the SEC is watching. Just want to talk about Trump's tax proposals as the Libertarian Advisor and as an uh, amateur economist. Also here with my intern, uh, Nick, who he's been doing a great job for me. Super smart guy over at ASU, involved in uh, a lot of different uh, projects over there. So you're like in the, mm -hmm. was it one of the investment yeah. clubs? Yeah, so I run a club, it's Capital Investors Association. I'm the president there, president of Financial Management Association, and I just got nominated a VP of Asset Development at uh, Delta Sigma Phi, so. Yeah, so he's a pretty smart guy, knows what's going on. Obviously, I was going to pick somebody uh, to help shadow me who uh, who basically knows what's going on, who knows what's up, and that's what we get in somebody like Nick. Uh, so what I wanted to do is talk about Trump's tax returns. I got to say, it from day zero to 50, I was about as ecstatic as ecstatic could be on where things were going with, with Trump in this country. From day, let's say, 50 to about 75, I was getting very pissed off and then uh, lately I would say I was pleasantly surprised at this tax reform now what I'm not sure about is you know is this going to be a tax proposal where we're going to start off uh, at one extreme so then that way we can get to somewhere more towards the middle uh, because especially I mean the main thing that I saw was uh, the pass-through entities so meaning right right now I have my business set up in an LLC uh, to get taxes and S-Corp but anyways it's an LLC and so I basically am subject to personal, uh, the regular personal income tax rates. What Trump is proposing is taking that down to 15%, which would be an absolute godsend for me, and I didn't even think that that was even, uh, even on the table. So if that actually does get passed, that would just be a huge boom. And, and first off, just kind of make the proviso that I don't think there should be any income tax. I think that all taxes should be based off of either taxes uh, that way, and we should exempt the poor from maybe if they're buying milk or food or absolute necessities, but you know if you want to buy you know $150 pair of Jordans and you're poor, well then you should pay a big tax on that to discourage that. Uh, again, if you are, uh, you know, anytime you tax something, what you're doing is you are trying to disincentivize certain activities. So why are we trying to disincentivize people from working? Uh, we should disincentivize poor people from buying shit that they don't need, so then that way they can save and have actual capital. And another like, quick little sidetrack rant I want to get on is that you could actually tax everybody 100% of their income, assume they still made the same amount and still worked, where obviously if I taxed you 100%, mm -hmm. uh, then you would just stop working. This is what would, what would happen to people. So there's a certain, I think they call it the Laffer curve of how much you can actually tax somebody and what point they'll start working less. But the, the point of the matter is, if you could tax everybody 100%, assume that they're still gonna work the same, which they wouldn't, and we still couldn't pay off the debt. It's mathematically impossible to pay off the debt. You know, I've talked a lot about different times about this. Uh, I mean, because at the end of day one, I mean, the very first dollar that was ever created in 1913 had interest on it. So you create a dollar, and then after year one, you've gotta pay back a dollar four. So you can actually never pay back, right from day one, the national debt because our money is backed by debt and, and that's not even getting into fractional reserve banking or derivatives or all sorts of other schemes that they have uh, but with that aside I mean if you're the government you need to collect taxes probably the worst way to do it is through income tax which of course that's why we do it uh, but also I mean they want to keep people poor they want to keep people dependent you know we shouldn't even have uh, we shouldn't have to borrow money from ourselves to get currency into the system we should have a zero 
uh, we should not have to basically borrow the money to do that. I mean, even Lincoln had, and I'm going off like a huge tangent, but even Lincoln had uh, a quote where he said, I've got an army in front of me, that's the South, and I have an army at my rear, which are the European bankers, and I far more fear the army at my rear. And then he was with the greenback trying to get rid of, ta- get rid of uh, the interest on the debt. And so it's really this whole fraudulent system that's been designed to keep people poor. But with that aside, if you're gonna have a taxation system, uh, first, you need to have it based on sales tax because we need to just incentivize people from buying stuff that they don't need. We need to encourage people to save, plan for their own retirements. But where I wanna go with Trump is I've seen a lot of smear articles. I mean, as soon as you research this or as soon as you look it up, the very first thing that you see is all these tactic, all these, all this propaganda that says, you know, Trump's only doing this to benefit himself, or this is going to benefit the rich. And, you know, of course it's going to benefit the rich, but it's also going to benefit the poor. And it's going to, and, and you know, I think the other article we saw, if you want to pull up the, uh, there's a New York Times article that was on Drudge uh, the first day this came out a few days ago, where it said that people in states like New York and California, they're going to be gigantic losers on this because now one of the uh, caveats is you're now not allowed to deduct your state income tax. So, but the other flip side to that is now there is a gigantic, uh, uh, gi- gigantic uh, standard deduction. So it's going from like 12,000, 12,500, uh, somewhere in that range, 100 bucks doesn't really matter, uh, to now it's gonna be $24,000 for a married couple. So that's a huge, huge uh, deal. So what they're saying is if you make, let's say a million dollars a year, now you're not allowed, and you live in California and you're paying 13% taxes, well now, let's say you owe $300,000 in taxes, what would traditionally happen is you get to take the million minus 700,000, you're paying the 13% on the 700,000. Now underneath Trump's plan, they're saying, well hey, now you've got to pay the 13% off of the 1 million, you know, obviously minus the 24,000 for the standard deduction, and now that's gonna be your new, uh, your new tax rate. So it would hypothetically disadvantage in New York, those are the same places where they want to be paying more in taxes. So I don't think what we shouldn't be discouraging them from doing so. And right now, I also want to make sure that we that you guys can hear me okay because uh, I'm picking up the sound right now through the iPhone. So I'm going to hold on to this. Actually, if you want to walk closer to me, so what I'm going to do now is we are going to go over here, and I'm going to talk about we're going to go through some numbers here of what happens to the rich underneath this proposal and what's going to happen to the poor underneath this proposal. So let's say you are making a million dollars a year and you live in California. Again, kind of the same example that I was just going over. And we'll move this closer once again. So you've got a million dollars. You know, right now the highest tax bracket is 39.6%. I believe you've got, uh, you got the Obamacare, you know, surcharge tax. Now you're somewhere at 43%. But obviously you're not paying, you're paying an average blended and different deductions. So that guy, the whole income isn't going to be paid in the 43.4%. It's going to be paid, um, it's probably going to be paid at 30%. So let's say 30% of a million, the guy in California, a girl, or transgender, cisgender, whatever they want to call themselves out there, they're going to be paying $300,000 in taxes, uh, federal taxes under that system. And then, so how it would work, uh, you know, traditionally, or how it works now, is now for when it comes to state tax, you'd be taking, Take 700,000, and you're looking at 13% of that. So I don't have the number right here with me, and that's one of the one of the chinks in my armor. Not to make a racist uh, Asian joke, but I'm not very good at doing math in my head. But luckily, we've got something called calculator. So you're paying $91,000 in 
state income tax. Well, underneath, so let's call this Obama. So now let's, now let's look at Trump. So if you're making a million dollars a year, odds are you're probably uh, a business owner. Uh, if you're not a business owner, you probably can convince your employer to pay you as uh, a business owner because if you're making that much money a year, you probably have some considerable sway. So the people who are making a million dollars a year, they're generally probably pretty smart. They're hiring people like me to figure this stuff out for them. So let's say you're probably gonna, at that point, incorporate, turn yourself into an LLC, get another pass-through entity, so you're at a million dollars, and now you're probably paying 15% because of the, uh, and again, whether it stays at 15% or goes to 20, who knows, but let's say, so now you're gonna owe $150,000 in taxes. Now, uh, you're not allowed to deduct this 150 from the million under Trump's proposal, so now you're gonna pay another 130,000 of California taxes, and so now you're looking at $280,000 in taxes versus, where, the, where is that over here, versus 391. So, I mean, if you're a liberal and you're out in California, because this New York Times article is saying, oh my God, this is gonna adversely affect all the, you know, all the blue states and blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? Under Trump's proposal, you'd be paying $111,000 less per year. And if you're a liberal and you wanna help everybody out, you could donate the money to your favorite charity. You could donate to Planned Parenthood and stop taking my money to fund it. You can go give it back to the federal government to help pay off the debt that can never be paid down anyways. Uh, you can do whatever you want with it. And again, I don't think there should be any income tax because taxation is theft and it should be based off of voluntary exchanges of going and paying for actual goods. So I'm not sure if you guys can see uh, Nick, is it coming in? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, it should. All right, so that's uh, the proposal for, for you know, a rich person. Again, sort of just winging this off of here. But now let's go off of somebody that is, I don't call them poor, but let's say you're at 50, let's say you're at $50,000 a year. So under Obama's proposal, okay, you're at $50,000 per year. The deduction is like, is it $12,400 or $12,500? Yeah, $12,400. Yeah, $12,400. Uh, 12, and so now we're looking at uh, $37,600, what would be the new taxable income. So off of this, uh, it's a 10% tax bracket for the first, what, $18,500? Correct. So the $18,500 is gonna be a 10% tax so that's 18, oh, obviously $1,850. And now the next, uh, what number are we at? Once we subtract that, we're at, so 19, we have another 19,100. 100, just 100 even. Mm -hmm. yep. Another $19,100 that we get, that's at 15%. Mm -hmm. It's getting taxed at 15%, which is gonna give us. About 2850. About 2850, so we add both of these together and we are at about, let's call it $4,700. Uh, under Mr. Obama, who loves the poor so much. And again, if you're, uh, so let me just go on to Trump. So with Trump, okay, you're at 50,000. The deduction would be, we're calling it 24,000. Uh, so now we're at $36,000. And the first, uh, and that's right in there, right? Okay, the first, uh, that would actually all be at 10% underneath his proposal. So you're looking at $3,600. So underneath Trump's proposal, you're looking at $3,600 of taxes for okay. someone making $50,000. 23000 23000 Oh, 23000 yeah. 23000 Oh, you know what? Yeah. I don't know why I... Right here is this point? No, no, no. So 23 now? Yep. 
Like this oh, is that's 24. So, so, so okay. then 26,000 would be okay, yeah, so taxable okay. at 10%. Yeah, sorry, it's been a long day. It's Friday. So yeah, you're looking at $2,600 of taxes versus $4,700 of taxes. So yes, the rich do benefit more because they obviously have more money. So, so obviously they're going to benefit more when it comes to a uh, pure dollar amount. But when you look at, you know... Uh, 4700 40, Yeah, $4,700 is what someone making a married couple making fifty thousand dollars a year now would pay versus twenty six hundred gigantic tax tax savings uh, underneath trust plans for someone making that and even if in the first twenty four thousand dollars you're not even getting you're not even paying any taxes at all but the flip side to all this is uh, uh, thank you for that Nick we'll, uh, go back and sit down now so the flip side to all this is. Uh, flip side to all this is that, yeah, it's great that we're having these uh, massive tax breaks, and believe me, I want to starve the beast as much as anybody, but my fear is that, when it, especially when it comes to Democrats, is that they don't, have, they don't have the capability of thinking out long enough. Everyone's in this mindset of, we want to think about what's going to happen today, or what's going to happen tomorrow, or what's going to happen next quarter. Not, they're, not in, they're not thinking like the Chinese that think in 100-year time increments. They think in 10-year time increments. Everybody's wondering about what's going to be the best situation for me today. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't win. A lot of people don't win because they're thinking about, you know, what's the best move today? What's the best move tomorrow? I'm thinking, what's the best move for me and my family and my employees 10 years, 15 years down the road? Because I might not be better off than you right now, but I'm going to be 10 years from now because, you know, a lot of my peers who are my age, uh, you know, I didn't start off ahead of a lot of them, but I'm going to finish ahead of them. And so when it comes to this tax rate, where I'm, where I'm getting with all this is, it's not going to instantly... Uh, you know, the, the amount of lost revenue is not going to be made up instant. It's just not going to be made up fast enough for, and then people are going to blame all of the economic uh, calamity that will eventually happen uh, that was built into the cake anyways. They're going to blame it on Trump. And I think Trump did a really bad job trying to take credit for everything that's going on right now because now he's going to own the stock market bubble. And even if there isn't any stock market crash, uh, even if there isn't any stock market crash, the problem is we've already got about like half a trillion dollars a year in deficits. This is probably going to balloon it to easily well over a trillion dollars a year in deficits. Uh, and let's say there is a recession, then it goes to two trillion dollars a year in deficits. Because what they're not, why I love this tax cut. I mean, there's no there's no spending decreases, and the only way to get this more this money into the system is going to be through. Uh, the Federal Reserve printing money, which I'm really disappointed that Trump decided to. And again, just because I'm criticizing something Trump did does not mean that I'm like public enemy number one. I mean, I was went out on a limb and was, did more sacrifices and more stuff for Trump than just about anybody out there. So I see these people commenting, you know, anytime I have light criticism of Trump, it's just like, oh my God, you left wing, blank, blank, sucking, blank, blank, blank. And it's just like, well, first off, you know, Trump barely won. When you really break it down, he won, you know, a few thousand in this state, you know, 60,000 in this state, 50,000 in this state. You know, there's not a gigantic margin of error. So if you want to start marginalizing people, like, yeah, I've got thick sin, it's not going to bother me. But, you know, if you if you start doing this stuff to other people who are on the fence, maybe they're going to stay home. Maybe they're not going to vote. Maybe they might, you know, vote third party. Maybe this. uh Maybe they even might vote for the Democrat. But you know, don't make me public enemy number one. I'm just trying, because we've got all these people who are influencing Trump. Uh, you know, we've got all the Goldman Sachs guys. 
in there. You know, some of them are okay, I don't mind, but some of them like Gary Cohen, bad, bad news. Mr. Carbon Tax, you got a lot of neocons in there for his ear. So I mean, I'm just, you know, a small voice out here in the wilderness trying to get his ear, trying to do things where, you know, I'm trying to help him out, trying to help you guys out because, you know, we can't let the swamp just influence him. And just because I'm making a slight criticism of him does not mean I want him to fail. I don't want him to fail. And I want these tax cuts to go through, but I know that it's going to get blamed. Uh, the ballooning deficit is going to get blamed on these tax cuts uh, because they don't have the balls to cut spending. And so it's going to make the deficit balloon. And yes, I know that there's going to be more productivity, and but it's not going to happen instantly. Uh, and so I see I see major major problems happening with that. And I think and, that, and I'm really disappointed that he, being Trump, now is playing patty cake with Janet Yellen. Who is the Federal Reserve Chairwoman? Uh, you know, because he rail, was railing against her. She's a former Berkeley professor. You know, believes everything all the standard Berkeley people would believe. And now, you know, her job is safe. That she needs to keep these rates low. Um, so really, I mean, Trump's not standing on principle. But but again, you know, I, you know, there's always you know there's always economic consequences to this stuff. And um, and I think he's definitely gonna get blamed for those. Uh, ballooning deficits, and then obviously the liberals are going to go have a field day with this. But another thing I want to talk about is there's different incentives that are created. So I'm an independent financial advisor. You know, across the street we've got you know Morgan Stanley's, you've got you know the Bank of America's in this center, you've got uh, you know Wells Fargo, all these advisors who are getting paid W two. Let's say let's say I'm making a million dollars a year. Uh, as a having my own LLC, I'll now be getting taxed at fifteen percent. But if I was making a million dollars a year over at uh, Morgan Stanley, now I'd be getting taxed at the currently at the you know 39.6 plus really the Obamacare tax. So let's call it 43%. Uh, so what's going to happen is there either there's going to be a disruption where now those other wirehouse brokers are either going to you know be incentivized to either make a move to become independent like myself, or what they're going to do is lobby their employer to in order to be competitive in the marketplace to now get classified as contractors. So you're gonna see, and there's a lot of people who aren't gonna to have to do anything like myself. <clears throat> I'm just gonna start saving money instantly. And this is gonna be awesome for me. Uh, you know, I also saw stuff on there, but now there's no more tax on foreign earnings. I think that's a good thing, but again, I mean now, you know, I could technically go incorporate in the Cayman Islands and have my income down there and then not pay any taxes you know, hypothetically, and again, I, I'm not a tax expert, I'm not giving any tax advice, this is, go consult your own CPA or, or uh, tax preparer on this stuff. Uh, but yeah, with, with some other yeah, things uh, Yeah, yeah, so just kind of some things I wanted to talk about. It's gonna be really interesting to see where, you know, does the, the accumulation of, you know, tax savings actually go? Is it gonna be spent on projects such as, you know, share buybacks? Is it actually gonna get, you know, put into productive uh, plant property equipment investment? Uh, you know, it's, it's gonna be really interesting to, to see where this, you know, tax uh, savings actually do go. Uh, are consumers gonna actually spend it? Are they gonna save it? Are they gonna invest it? Um, you know, it's, it, it, it has a huge, huge part in our economy. And, you know, this is just simply a lever that you pull and you don't know what necessarily the reaction is gonna be. Um, especially with the economy being at such a weird place, low interest rates, um, being kind of a, at the end of our, you know, super cycle as, as you, you know, could call it. Uh, it's just going to be really interesting to see where, you know, this kind of investment and this kind of spending is going to actually go. 
Yeah, so. I think you are going to see people actually spending the money uh, because, I mean, that's one thing Americans do really well besides having optimism is uh, spending money. And so I, th I think that, and again, that's why I think we need a national sales tax, but not on top of what we have right now, just getting rid of, completely just getting rid of uh, the income, tax. income tax altogether. Because if you're a drug dealer right now, obviously you're not paying taxes, but if you're a drug dealer, you're going to be go you're going to buy a whole bunch of stuff and then those taxes would then get uh, into the economy. <clears throat> and again, getting back to we need to disincentivize people uh, from, spend, from spending money. We don't need to be disincentivizing people from working because you know if I have more capital, then I could then hire more people and get nicer stuff. I'm, I'm investing in my business. I'm investing in trying to create a legacy for my family. I'm not concerned about what tomorrow looks like or next week looks like. I'm worried about what 10 years looks like. And same thing with my clients. I'm looking at, okay, well, how are things going to look for you and your family 20 years from now, 30 years from now, two generations from now? I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about the long-term future. And, and as Americans, we do a really piss-poor job thinking about the long-term uh, future. And everything I see from the left is, you know, oh, my God, Trump's only self-serving. He's only doing this for himself. And I think that that's, you know, yeah, he's going to benefit but I showed you up there that, yeah, somebody making $50,000 a year is going to benefit. Somebody making $24,000 a year is going to benefit. And really, you know, kind of to quote Peter Schiff here, is that, you know, we're going to starve the beast because, you know, I really want to make government actually as small as possible. And people are thinking, and anytime someone disagrees with me on one of my comments, it's like, oh, you damn liberals. I mean, I became a libertarian because I didn't think the conservatives were conservative enough. I mean, I'm basically kind of like a mini anarchist where the only thing I think the government should be doing is basically, you know, protecting, uh, maybe protecting the borders, uh, you know, some sort of national defense, which I think should also be done more at the militia level, state, uh, you know, state national guard level and have everybody having AR-15s in their home and then no one's going to attack us anyways. I think it should be done more at that level. But, you know, maybe police, firefighters, potentially even schools. And that's about it. I mean, that's, and if you want to go and set up your own communist system in, in New York, you know, sort of like they have in Ithaca or other places, then go, go ahead and go do that. But when you F it up, then don't come look at me to come value out. Uh, so I think you should, we should be able to have the freedom to be able to do that. But as it stands in America, I mean, you can't even right now, not to get off on a whole like freedom jag, but you can't even go live out in the desert in Arizona in the middle of nowhere owning 10 acres of land and camp on your own property without having to get government permission, just ask Adam Kokesh, who uh, I met a few weeks ago where uh, you know, he was trying to camp out on his own land and he's, get, he's getting tons and tons of pushback from the county and he has to fill out this paperwork and that paperwork and here's a $1,800 a day fine. But without getting on onto that, you know, I just think that a lot of people have no idea how the financial system works, they have no idea how taxes work. And I'm hoping that we can just show you, the, uh, the viewer of this, the listener of this, that uh, that you know, there is some hope for America. We've got young guys. We've, we're both millennials, yeah. so you know we're not all dipshits out there. <laughs> that there, you know, that there is some hope, and uh, and again, some of the stuff I posted online. I think I posted something about Ivanka Trump and how uh, it was from Infowars. So for you, for anyone living underneath a rock, that's Alex Jones, who has the biggest Trump heart on there possibly is. I've been a listener for a very long time, and. Uh, and you know, I posted something of, of, of him where, there, where it was an interview with Ivanka in Germany saying that you know, just accepting Syrian refugees is not enough, that we need to do more. And everyone said, you're fake news, that's fake, that's fake. I'm like, it's an effing video of her saying this. This is yeah, not yeah. my like, 
one uh, connecting the dots or theorizing. And so first off, I mean, I was one of the very first people to come up with the term fake news and I wrote an article on November 17th called fake news with a whole list with CNN being right at the top of the list or very actually, uh, I think who's that big, uh, fact checker group, uh, Snopes. I yeah, think I had yeah. Snopes was actually at the top of the list. <clears throat> so now people are calling me fake news when like, listen, mother, I I'm the one that basically came up with fake news to call the media that, and now, now I'm getting accused of being fake news. Not that like people saw that and now it ballooned, but it was just in the zeitgeist of where things are going. Uh, again, I mean, there's some other things I posted, but I mean, the comments were just like ridiculous. And, and I saw, you know, tons of people unfollowing the page and, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm just trying to niche myself even more. So, you know, if we have to get rid of any of the dead weight, because the people who think that everything Trump does automatically is automatically going to be right. And that every, anytime there's some neocon advisor or some Goldman Sachs advisor telling him to do something and he's going in that, that direction, you know, I want to be... I, like, I'm one of the few people that thought he was going to win and showing how things are rigged. Uh, pretty soon I'll have an ebook that we've already finished, but we're just waiting to get it up on the website called How It's Rigged, which you guys will be able to get uh, for free. Um, it's only 16 pages long. It's into how the inflation rate, the unemployment rate, and was it GDP? Is yes. the other one? Yep. How the GDP is rigged. Uh, and, and now I'm, I'm just really, you know, actually that brings me to another point. The GDP number came out today. That was what, 0.7? Mm-hmm. So again, I mean, when Trump came into the office, I think he, uh, I think the debt went down like a tiny bit, which had nothing to do with him. It was, you know, in the beginning of the year, people are paying their taxes. And so there's like a temporary cash flow where the government's getting more money than they're spending. You know, that's a complete aberration, but uh, it had nothing to do with Trump. And people are like, oh my God, he's decreasing the debt and look at this. And, and Trump's taking all the credit for this. <clears throat> well, now he's going to take the credit for the shitty 0.7% GDP. Uh, but again, when you get into how the numbers are rigged, I mean, if we count the real it would probably be a lot lower than 0.7%. It would probably be negative. A lot of times these things are get, gets revised. So I think the problem with Trump taking the victory lap and claiming credit on everything is that when there's eventually bad stuff that's already built into the system from all the negligence of the Obama regime, that now he's going to have to take the blame for that because, or certainly the media is going to make him get the blame for that. Uh, so I think that was one really bad move on his part. But all in all, like, I am about as happy as happy can be about these taxes. I'm really hoping the pass-through stays. My feeling is that it's a negotiation bargaining chip that maybe they're going to start at 15 to maybe get us to 20. Who knows? Still be better than what we have right now. Uh, it's going to be good for the accountants because they're going to be, be getting really creative now. It's going to be good for the uh, for the lawyers, particularly the uh, you know LLC formation lawyers or legal zoom. It's probably bad for the estate planning lawyers because now they're not going to have as much stuff to do. And again, I, I specialize in you know working with high net worth people, and I can show them not how to like hide their money or hide their tax liabilities, but what we're doing is there's income, there's estate planning strategies that you can use all sorts of complicated stuff that's above this discussion that the rich can do. Uh, so, I mean, again, I mean, anyone that thinks like, oh, we're gonna pull one over on the rich, well, it's the rich who are the ones who are lobbying the congressman, who, who own the congressman, more or less, uh, who are exempting themselves. So when we think it's the rich paying taxes, they're actually not the ultra, 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 ultra rich, you know, the guys worth billions, they're the ones getting away with all the massive fraud, but you know, that guy down the street, 
who's making you know five hundred thousand dollars a year, you know he's not in the same category as you know Jeff Bezos, who now is almost the richest man in the world. I think it's like what, like five billion dollars. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is away from that. And then I think the last point I want to bring up, and I'll let Nick close up on this, is uh, people talk about like corporate tax rate. I there shouldn't even be a corporate tax rate because. It's ultimately yourself, the consumer, that's paying the tax that gets passed on. So I think, again, we got back to either national sales tax, <coughs> excuse me, or we got, you know, uh, some any other system that we have now. It's just people, the corporations don't pay the taxes, and the big, you know, the Googles and the GEs of the world, they've got all sorts of, you know, this Irish-Dutch sandwich of we're going to maneuver things around a lot of the government and have 50,000 accountants make sure that we don't pay any taxes. And so at the ultra, ultra, ultra rich end, I mean, the apples of the world, they come in, they lobby, they're, you know, since they're the big swinging dick, they come in and say, oh, if we want to have, you know, a factory in your town, then we want to exempt the taxes for uh, X amount of years. And, and really, it's the little guy that can't then compete with, with the apples of the world because they're, they have such clout that, you know, it's the little guy, the little, you know, the person like me that, that can't compete with some of these bigger firms because... You know, they're the ones who are getting the breaks. Uh, the breaks, you know, it's not the, you know, it's really like the average everyday, you know, business owner making a hundred to 500,000 that's getting screwed. It's not the guy, you know, it's not the companies that are making billions, uh, you know, because they're the ones who own Congress. They're the ones who own everything. And so I'm probably rambling now. Rush hour just started, so I need to make sure I get home before rush hour fuller kicks off i know nick has mm -hmm. to go too yeah uh, i just kind of want to say one more point uh just kind of picking backing off tim a little bit uh and kind of you know posting a question uh so we've seen that you know talking again about the irish kind of cash loads that we have over there apple has you know 200 billion dollars or something overseas uh even with this tax cut even with this repatriation where is this money going to go to to go to you know pr productive projects um you know they've they've had this cash for a while and you know companies do have cash in the u.s and they're buying back their own stock buying maybe. back their own stock instead of using it for productive projects so we're going to see you know is this is the corporate tax actually ever going to come back down to the consumer or is it going to stay in the earnings per share is it going to stay in the stock buybacks you know is it going to go back to you know the company treasury it's gonna be really interesting to to see how that kind of plays out within the next couple of years. So, yeah, and frankly, I don't care what they do with it because it's their own money. But uh, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Liberals are like, oh, well, the rich are gonna do this, the rich are gonna do that. I'm like, well, you know, I'm all about the individual. And, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want this collectivist mindset. You know, whatever you know, you're entitled to do, whatever you want to do. And a lot of what companies were doing the past several years is they were actually issuing debt and using the debt that they were getting for like next to nothing to then buy back their own stock. Yeah. <clears throat> so now some of these companies had lower revenues, but they had less shares outstanding. So their earnings per shares went up while yeah. their actual earnings went down. Mm -hmm. So there's all sorts of different math games you can play, whether they use gap adjusted earnings or non-gap earnings, or there's all sorts of shenanigans. But Whenever I talk too much, I start losing my voice. I'm definitely talking too much. So definitely appreciate you know, all the love you guys have been giving me. I've got a podcast studio, but I've got two little girls right now who are at home crying. So you know, we're, Nick and I will probably be doing more of these yeah. throughout the summer. Yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, so thank you, Nick, for introducing yourselves to everybody. Yeah, thanks thanks for all the great work you've yeah. been doing for me. Thank you, guys. Yeah, hope you guys have a great weekend. Advisor Podcast.
If you want to support what we are doing, in addition to rating our podcast and iTunes and sharing our articles and links, please consider becoming a client of Focal Point Wealth Management. If you head over to our website at focalpointwealth.com, you will find timely articles as well as links to sign up for our newsletters as well as a link to find out what your risk number is. And you're probably wondering, what is a risk number? First off, there is no purchase required. You simply click on the link, enter the size of your portfolio, and after a few questions, we will be able to see how much risk you can handle on a scale of one to 99, with 99 being the highest. For listeners of this podcast, you can shoot an email to tim, T-I-M, at focalpointwealth.com, where myself or one of my assistants can send you a secure email. If you want to find out how much risk is in your portfolio, along with how much your underlying fees are, what your stress test results look like, and much more, we'd be happy to show you your portfolio's risk number. Again, this is completely free, and whether you invest with us now or in the future, this is incredibly valuable information to have. Our goal is to put you in a portfolio that will be better suited for your goals and maybe save you some money too in the process. I spent a lot of time and energy fighting the globalists and central bankers and investing with people who hold your ideals and who are reinvesting our proceeds to expand our message and further promote liberty and freedom is a win-win all the way around. Lastly, we also have pre-built portfolios starting at just $5,000. You can find the links at focalpointwealth.com or thelibertarianadvisor.com on the right-hand side. Look for Guided Wealth Portfolios banners. This is great for millennials who want access to an advisor if they need one, uh, but have the ability to invest without having to talk to one. Remember, at Focal Point Wealth Management, your future is our focus. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member of FINRA slash SIPC. Investment advice offered through Wealthcare Advisory Partners, a registered investment advisor. Wealthcare Advisory Partners and Focal Point Wealth Management are separate entities from LPL Financial. For a list of states in which we are registered to do business, please visit www.focalpointwealth.com. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Please consult with your advisor, tax, or legal consultant before making any investing decisions. Investing does involve risk, including but not limited to potential loss of principal.